0: Sorry, um, your name again? Jelena. Jelena. You mentioned Wally Bocos coming too? You know him too. <laughs> yeah. Actually, interesting enough, um, I was just telling the guy yesterday at Pastor Roy's church, I did a seminar on evangelism. And uh, we were teaching, um, I think it was two, three hours, so I, I, I began sharing how method how to share the gospel, but also the importance of evangelism in our local churches. And I told a story about Wally Bocos. And so I'm flying from Port Macquarie to Sydney for some meetings. And, um, and often when I, when I travel, I pray, Lord, give me an opportunity for the person that is sitting next to me in the plane to talk about Jesus, to have a gospel conversation. So it's only, it's a short flight, less than an hour. And a gentleman sat next to me, started talking, conversation, and he is a Qantas pilot. And so he was telling me about his journey, his experiences, and so we we got into a gospel conversation. Then he said, "Hey, hey, hey, heard me now, so you are religious?" And I said, "Well, I'm talking about a relation with God. I'm not a religious person." But he said, "Oh, well, I'm not an atheist. I'm agnostic because I believe that if you're an atheist, you are religious." And then he began telling me about his belief and his position. I mean, he was a very smart man, and to be honest, half of his wording, vocabulary, I couldn't understand. It, it was going over my head, and so I think he wanted a boxing match debate about, you know, different positions. And and to be honest, I, I, I wanted just to share with him my personal experience about how I met Christ. So at the end, when he realised that he's not getting a boxing match, he said sort of quieting. do you know that? My sister's a Christian. And you know what she always tells me? She tells me that I'm asking the Lord that God will bring somebody to tell about Jesus. I said, your sister's answered prayer oh he goes I am as I began having a gospel conversation asking questions different ways we, we engage with people and then he said to me you know what you're the second Christian that I've met the other one was I was in WA and I met a Qantas pilot he was from Argentina and we had a few minutes of exchange and he told me about Jesus and I, and I said by the way what's the name of that Because I only know one Qantas pilot, and that's Wally. And he goes, so what's his name? I think his name was Wally. (laughs) And so I gave Wally a call. I'll go back and I said, Wally, you wouldn't believe it. Thank you, Wally, for giving testimony. And Wally and I went to pray of that sister that was praying for her lost brother. So it's incredible As I was yesterday talking to the church at Aloha Aloha Community Church about the importance of prayer, especially in the context of reaching out to people, prayer is fundamental because prayer moves God's hand to action. And I always recall uh, when the tough years that I was going through as a teenager, and I'll never forget one night I'd come from a nightclub in Melbourne and um, my dad was on his knees in the living room weeping for his children. My siblings, my older sister, my older brother had walked away from the Lord. All of us walked away from the Lord. And I see my dad on his knees crying, begging God to bring his kids back to him. And you would think that that should have created a bit of... But in the contrary, I I was a very proud young man and I said, Dad, get up. Don't pray for me. I'm young. I want to enjoy my life like you did when you were younger. And my dad would get up and with tears running, he would say, son, you cannot stop me praying for you. And to be honest, friends, the reason why I could be ministering now for more 25 years, full time with Word of Life, is because I've got praying parents. Esther knows my dad, Raymond. Matter of fact, my dad is... Not well, he's in hospital today as I speak. And my lovely mum, Margarita. Last week I was in Melbourne to see my dad and, and my mum said to me let, me, let me show you what I've been memorising. And so I sat down in the living with mum and she goes, are you ready? How much time do you have? I said, mum, whatever. And she had memorised, listen to these friends, the entire chapter of Psalms 119. And I'm there, now I was in Spanish, and I'm there, and she's quoting me, word perfect, Psalms 119. Wow. I said, Mamita, I'm going to record you, so then I want to show that to our four kids, the example that you are to us. I am truly blessed that God has given me praying parents, parents that are godly and love the Lord. I want to pray again because I'm going to talk about the impact of a changed life. Because Christ, if he's impacted us, then we can't be the same again. Now we can choose to fall away. But we cannot be the same person again. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will just get a hold of our lives to understand that the greatest message that we have in Christ Jesus is a message that has changed and will continue to change lives. So I want to challenge you to pray. And I'm going to ask you, quietly, to say, God, speak to me this morning. Would you do that? Father, it's a privilege to come and speak at this church. It's the first time that I do this. and I've been praying for this opportunity. Lord, you know the heart of every person that is here. You know the needs. You know all. And I just pray, Father, that as we ask you to speak to us, that you would answer our prayer. Father, please speak to us. We thank you. We love you. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 19. It's a familiar passage, but I just want to remind you of this incredible change that occurred here. So Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. Now, I was not told how long to preach. And when I was overseas at a, at a country, I was rebuked for preaching too short. And that was 45 minutes. And literally, I was rebuked. So they told me to speak for three hours. And so, um, but no, I won't speak for three hours. No, no, I'll take that <laughs> time. It's only three hours. Everyone will be sleeping. Or you'll go home. No, 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 ma'am. I, I would not stay for three hours. Uh, but let's just sleep. Luke chapter 19 verse 1 to 10. And I'm reading from the New King James translation. And it says this, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Who was he? Well, the Bible says that he was a chief tax collector. And the Bible gives him another description and it says that he was rich just remember that he's rich verse 3 and he sought out to see who Jesus was but could not because of the crowd for he was a he was a little man Mark don't look at me bro I don't even think he's a little man Mark now no, you think you're not He's probably preaching because you can identify. No, no, I'm no, not identifying no no no, 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 no. Let's put the jokes aside here. But he was a short man. Verse 4. So he ran ahead and climbed up to a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down. For today, today I must stay at your house. Verse 6. So he didn't want to come down. Is that what your Bible says? So he was reluctant. Is that what Yombo says? So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But there's always a but. I mean, in storylines, when when everything appears to be exciting and well, but there's a but. Look at the but. But when they saw it They all complained. Now, who are these complainers? Hello? Something incredible had just happened. Who are those that are complaining? And we'll talk about them a little bit later. Saying he is gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. Verse 8. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I'll restore it fourfold. Wow! And Jesus said to him, I love these words. In the New King James... In my, in my Bible the, the lettering is red. Jesus said today salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham and I love verse 10 are you ready for it because this is the heart this is purpose this is mission here it is For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. What a verse. And we often hear that verse. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And can I remind you, we also were lost... The Bible says that we're lost in our sins. The Bible says, for all men have sinned, all of us, and we fall short of the glory of God. Oh, so what is sin? I'll never forget this. I was doing a very large seminar in a very large uh, public school for about two, 300 teenagers. So I asked a question. I said, okay, um, who here has never sinned before to teenagers? And you always get one. And one thing I stood up. Hey sir, I've never sinned. And there was a like, shh. And then suddenly, maybe four seconds later, four of his mates stood up. One there, one Elijah! Elijah! We know you! You're a sinner, bro! Yeah, I'm a sinner, sir, sorry, and he sat down. Because it's true. Matter of fact, you know how the Bible defines sin: knowing what to do that is right, and not doing it is sin. The Bible says that sin is missing the mark. The Bible says that sin are those choices that goes against God's character: lies, lust, disobedience. All of us have sinned. And there has to be consequences. And the Bible says, for the wages of sin is what? Death. Eternal separation from a God that loves you. That's why verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save. Martin Garcia, And you can put your name. But in this context, we're going to put the name Zacchaeus. In Spanish is Sakel. Let's get a little bit into the context. Verse 1 says Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Why is this so significant this city? Jericho was known for the gardens. It was a beautiful holiday destination, perhaps maybe I don't know, the Gold Coast I don't know, Great Barrier Reef Port Macquarie or whatever, I mean what, you think of a holiday destination In a matter of fact Jericho means the city of palm trees I mean it must have been a beautiful city a beautiful metropolis a, a business world so Jericho was very important so it makes sense to do business in Jericho I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, a businessman, I mean, it makes sense to go where the money is, hey? So there you find Zacchaeus. What's fascinating about Jericho in this context is that Jesus is already thinking about the cross. You follow the context. Jesus is already thinking about verse 10 but verse 10 has a reason and that's the cross crucifixion because for us to have a relationship with Christ is through his death, burial and resurrection that's the gospel the good news so Jesus is thinking about the cross Aren't you glad that he's thinking about needy people like you and I? Needy people that are your friends, your neighbours, your relatives, your workmates? Jericho. Verse 2. And now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Your hand up if you know the story. Okay, you've already. Okay, class question. Ready, Mark? <laughs> what does the name Zacchaeus mean? Oh, yeah. No, uh, thank you for your honest, Mark. <laughs> Esther. What does the name Zacchaeus mean? Does anyone know what the name Zacchaeus mean? It'll we'll blow you away. Are you ready for it? The name means pure. The name means holy. Some have said integrity. What? We have a story. You can understand culturally, when mom and dad were thinking of their children, names were important. For example, our son Matthias, or Matthias in English, it means gift from God. And the reason why we called him Matthias, because we saw him as our first child. We waited five years before we had a child. For that reason, Matthias means gift from God. And I can be sure that Sakee's parents thought, we're going to have a boy. What are we going to call him? Well, our desire as parents is to see a child to grow up and do things what right, is right. Correct? Yes. Mom and dad thought, okay, let's call him Sakis. Excited about it. But what happens? Let me talk about, first of all, Sakis' choices. Choices. The Bible says that he was a chief tax collector. Interesting description. Zacchaeus so was a Jewish. And as you know, the relation between Jews and Gentiles was not good. was not healthy. As a matter of fact, for the Jews... Gentiles were seen, and this is quite strong, but it's true, they were seen as dogs. There was no relationship. For now, for a Jew to now work under a Roman, even even worse. And they were punished. And so, for example, one of the punishment was that you couldn't attend the synagogues. Now, for a Jew not to attend the synagogue, guys, you can understand, that's a big thing. He was a traitor. he betrayed his people. But the kind of career that he followed, tax collectors were known of being deceitful. At all costs, personal gain. But he wasn't just a normal tax collector. He was the CEO. <coughs> Remember Jericho, big business metropolis. I mean, he was a wealthy boy. The nightgowns, nice the Rolex watches. The nice cars, the new iPhones. I mean, you're talking about this guy is rocking. This guy had it all. The mansions. But he did it in a deceitful way. And you know what? He had a deceitful heart. He was hated. Come tax time, man, I tell you guys, Zacchaeus was a person greedy, not caring. It's all about my wealth. It's all about me. A deceitful heart. But not only we see a deceitful heart, I think we see a dissatisfied heart. But Martin, what do you mean by a dissatisfied heart? Well, look at verse 3. Having all the wealth, the riches, look at verse 3. We see his dissatisfaction. And he sought to see who Jesus was. Why would he? I mean, he's got everything what a person would want. Why would you seek for Jesus? Because perhaps something in his soul, something in his heart was just, there was no satisfaction. See, money cannot give you all the joy that we want. The addictions, it's it's temporary satisfaction, yes, and I've gone through that, but it leaves you scarred and empty. And perhaps you might have a story to tell me, perhaps, of some of your unwise choices. Money, wealth, was not satisfying the heart of Zacchaeus. So he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not. Now, you know why there's some urgency here? We said he was a a little man. He was a short man. So already he came to an obstacle, his height. The crowd were gathered. So what he did? He climbed up a sycamore tree. To see who? Jesus. For he, Jesus, was going to pass that way. Some scholars believe that the reason why he climbed up, it was not only because he was short. Safety! (laughs) I agree. I I mean, he was a hated man. And maybe being up a tree, I'm kind of safe now. But there was this dissatisfaction. He had a deceitful heart, but it was this this dissatisfied heart. Can Jesus meet my needs? Can Jesus meet this this dissatisfied person? And he's there watching. And he's waiting. You know what's fascinating over here? that we see a deceitful heart we see a dissatisfied heart but now we're going to see a daring heart this is, this is, this is, this is pretty cool verse 5 and when Jesus came to the place he looked up Jesus initiates this Now, please, let me highlight this important principle. The Bible says, this is love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us and sent his son to be what? A propitiation for us. He initiates this. Aren't you excited that he took the initiative to reach out to you? me. And we see Jesus initiating. But also you know what's exciting about this? That when Jesus says Zacchaeus he calls out his name. Oh poor Zacchaeus. He probably had heard his name but with a Cursed word next to it. Oh, many, many times. But it was a different call. Perhaps he'd heard it for the very first time. Somebody called his name with love. Sacchaeus. With a smile purpose so like is make haste dude hurry up man come down you know what Jesus does he invites himself over to his house man. I mean that would be pretty rude if I what's your name sir Duggan if I I've never met Dagan before. Can we go for lunch after after church? I mean, maybe. I mean, he's got. To, he's got to, so maybe. A, I mean, Jesus invited himself over. How crazy is that? Watch, watch, watch. A deceitful heart. A dissatisfied heart. A daring heart. A daring heart. So he made haste. That little man jumped. He leaped to the ground. He didn't care about his fancy clothing. Man, I found a friend. I found somebody that can give me purpose. And look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says. <laughs> And so he made haste, he came down, and he received him joyful. I mean, I tell you, he was happy. He realized, oh sorry ma'am, I must screaming too loud. He realized that wealth, money, cannot satisfy. Cannot satisfy. And not satisfy our needs. And that is so true. That is so true. He comes down. But there are critics. The irony to this story is that the people who think they are righteous, who think that they are doing what is right, who think they're making wise choices, instead of rejoicing, Hey, eh? Because Zacchaeus, you read the text, was the son of Abraham. That's very intentional what Jesus said. Like the same, like these critics, they were also the sons of Abraham. But how sad, instead of rejoicing, that someone is coming back to the fold. They complained. That's what being religious, when you don't have a relationship with Christ, and just act on that religious attitude, you miss out in what God is doing. It's not about just crossing and ticking the box and being legalistic. It's about relationship. And to make an accusation, but it's a true one, because Jesus is a friend of sinners. He's our friend. Because we are sinners. The plane is landing. Here we go. The plane is landing. That's what Wally Bocca's when it comes to weeks. The plane is landing. (laughs) So Keith now has been impacted by Jesus. See, when someone is impacted with Jesus... There are changes. Transformation. Repentance. Which means, man, it was going this direction, I'm now heading this direction. The word salvation is mentioned. It's a change from within. But it was demonstrated. This change of the key that came from within. Was acted upon. And the Bible says, now, this is crazy. It says, Sokia like says, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. That alone, I mean, he's a wealthy rich man. That alone could have been empty, his treasury, and he was giving out to the poor, the needy. You would have thought, okay, so here's, that's good enough but generosity goes beyond and then look, look what he says and if I give hell to the poor and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation he says I'm going to give them four times. please I work with youth, so I'm going to think how a youth would think. Imagine this: you're at home, and your teenage soul is playing, you know, he's playing Fortnite or whatever other video game, any video game that he's playing, and suddenly the door knocks, but he's busy gaming. mom I'm gaming can you see check who's in the door and mom says son you go you know kids get grumpy and and they throw their little console. and then suddenly go through the mirror and he sees he sees a little man it's the kids mom it's the kids mom will say tell him I'm not here (laughs) <laughs> Tell him to come back tomorrow. And he's knocking, he's knocking. Mum, he's not leaving. So, Mum, oh man, we gotta forget now. Next, I open the door, and Zacchaeus says, "I've had an encounter with Jesus, and I falsely cheated you." I think it was $10,000. He was a good accountant. He knew numbers. But you know what? I'm gonna give you $40,000. The teacher said, more games. <laughs> Mum, no, then Mum says, no, no, you, you cheated me at $50,000. <laughs> <know? laughs> no, it wasn't 10, it was 50,000. Can you imagine the change? The Herald, Jericho, front page. Little man transformed when he had an encounter with Jesus. The next line "Who Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? A deceitful heart, a dissatisfied heart, a daring heart, to a dedicated heart. It's interesting in the Bible, there are mention of two tax collectors. Who are Jews? Who are Jews? Who was the other one? Matthew. Interesting. Why? We have two tax collectors, Matthew, that the Bible reaches, Probably could be much more. Two. They were impacted by Christ. One, Matthew, thus vocational ministry like what what we do, like Brother Paul does, and follows Jesus. The other one is a faithful businessman, a faithful professional that goes his way and faithfully serves Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's my saviour. He's my Lord. And if He's Lord, He has everything of me. And if He's not Lord of your life, then you need to dedicate your life to Him. And I finish with this illustration. I remember I was 19 years of age in Argentina when I heard this story, until today has impacted me. True story. True story. It occurred in England, it was a tragic train wreckage. The story tells that many people sadly passed away in this tragedy. And the story is told that in the midst of all this carnage and debris and uh, there was two doctors, that had survived the wreckage and so they will go and do as best they could to help people that had been impacted by this train wreckage and suddenly they hear a cry of a young man perhaps in his 20s crying out help me help me Help me, please, help me. And that cry was getting louder. Help me, help me, help me. So the doctors, as they're helping others, they just couldn't bypass that cry. As that cry is getting louder and louder and louder and louder, so they went and, and they ran to that crime. There was a young man in his 20s. A large piece of metal had fallen above his knees. He was heavily bleeding. The young man said, uh, please, can you help me? Please, can you help me? He was bleeding heavily. Please, please, I beg you, can you help me? tears are rolling down from this doctor's face saying this young man can live if only we could remove that large piece of metal if only we had our instruments to create and do a surgical but we have nothing and with tears running through their eyes they moved away from that cry of that young man sadly that young man passed away he bled to death and the doctors made a statement he could have lived if we had our instruments God is looking for instruments. We live in a needy world. And they're crying out. We see thousands of teenagers every year crying out, help us. Help us. Oh, friends, if we could today say, God, I want to have a dedicated heart and I want to be Your instrument willing to be used by you at all times. Father, I pray that you would that you would challenge us that you would help us understand the importance of a dedicated heart that is willing to be used and be an instrument for your glory. We love you, Father, and we want to say thank you for who you are. We pray all this in the name of our glorious Saviour, Jesus Christ, and all God's people say, Amen. Amen.